Hey, it's Bobby Bones. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when this thought hits you. Okay, I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever. Or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, the whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. Let's talk about Target Circle. By the way, it's the same program that you know and you love and you use, but now with automatic deals. Here's the thing. The all-new Target Circle, it's the free and easy way to get the most deals at Target. Maybe you don't have it. Maybe you don't know what I'm talking about. Well, now when you shop in-store or online, Target Circle deals will automatically be applied at checkout. It's already been awesome. Now it's awesomer if that's a word. And when you pay with your Target Circle card, you can save an extra 5% your way every day. Visit Target.com slash Circle or the Target app for more details. Same day delivery is subject to terms. Applies to orders over $35. For 5% discount, restrictions apply. See program rules in store or at Target.com slash Circle card. Here we go. Come on, Bobby. Morning, studio. Morning. Everybody good? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Love to hear it. Welcome to Thursday's show. I am good, yeah. All right, let's go first over to Eddie. He calls himself a basketball coach, but this season, most of his games aren't even close. (laughs) Here he is. Producer Eddie, everybody. Guys, I have a huge conflict. So on Sunday coming up, the Dallas Cowboys, my favorite football team in the whole wide world, they're playing a playoff game against the San Francisco 49ers. I cannot wait. This is huge. But it's also my son's birthday. He's not a huge Cowboys fan. He says he wants to go to dinner probably around the time the game is. He wants to go to a movie. It's his day. I get it. He's going to turn 15 years old. It's a big deal. But, guys, this is a once-in-a-lifetime. Is he open for negotiation, meaning could you make his birthday even better if you did it the day before and some on Sunday? Like, could you spread his birthday out, do even more if he didn't take up that evening? I think I can. I just have to play my cards right. I have to kind of word it right. I have to maybe bribe him real big on Saturday. Yeah, that's the bribe is that, hey, I, and, and, and your, your son's very smart. Very smart. I would say, you know the Cowboys are playing Sunday night. It's your birthday. Now, do you want to have a, a all-day Saturday affair? Ooh. Multiple things, and then do some stuff on Sunday as well for your birthday, and then we watch the game. Or do you want to just do something stupid on Sunday night? Like dinner? <laughs> Call it stupid. Yeah. That's not a bad idea. I do think if I were him, though, and it was my birthday, I would take more if it were Saturday and early Sunday than just Sunday. Hey, maybe a little bit of Friday. Now we're talking. Come on. Yeah. Now, don't negotiate yeah, against yourself, though. Don't go okay. there unless he says that. <laughs> yeah. right and I think you tell him, hey, I'm going to send your friends and you out to dinner and a movie. That way you're, he feels like uh, he's... I know he's too smart for that. And, and I also want to spend time yeah, with my son. Yeah, he's too smart for that. He, but, but I think he will like and understand, okay, that's offering me a deal here. Okay. Way better. And he still gets to do something on his birthday, Sunday day. And then you can do something Sunday evening while you watch the game. We can also have Cowboys cake. I love it. You just have to really make it worth his while. Okay, let, let me write it out, rehearse it a few times, and I'm going to try it. That's a problem. Don't rehearse it. What do you mean? Talk to him like an adult. Oh. <laughs> Not like, hey, son, come over here. I have this idea. <laughs> but I think he'll take it. He's a smart kid. I take it. All right. All right. Thank you, Eddie. Always with the most outrageous things to say, and some listeners wish he'd go away. It's Lunchbox, everybody. Oh. <laughs> I got some devastating news the other day, guys. I mean, it hit me, it shook me in the core, like made me cry a little bit, tear up in my eyes. I went to go visit my fellow cast members of Bat Out of Hell in Las Vegas. You went over there when you went to Vegas? Yeah. Like to the theater? Yeah, because I was like, hey, man, I'm here. Might as well go say hello. Did you text anybody and say I'm coming or did you just walk over? No, I just walked over. I thought, oh, surprise, I'm here. You thought you'd find, did you think you'd get in? Well, yeah, they know me. They all know me. He was on there. I just would never think. 
doing a one-time stint with no words, people would remember, or that I'd be getting in the way. That's me. I, I always felt like I'm putting people out. But anyway, you go oh no, on. they were all you know they talked to me before and after, and they tweeted me and on Instagram. So I went over there to say hello, see how things were going. Guys, Bad Out of Hell's been canceled. The Aww. show's been pulled. Dang. Did you know that, Eddie? Yeah. He told I, you that? I mean, I saw the poster. What, what did the poster say? After the fact. It was like, done, did, done. Did it say canceled? Done, done. No longer, no more showings. Is it because it ran its course and did so many sold out shows and made so much money they possibly couldn't make any more money? <laughs> no, no, no. I went and, there was, and they told me it was no longer there. And so then I did some research and it got pulled after a short run. One of the shortest in Vegas history. Oh, gosh, it's terrible. Las Vegas is bad at a hell closing, citing financial troubles. Oh. Yeah. Um, and so they, it, say, it, it was they just... say it all went downhill when <laughs> a homeless guy got on stage and had no words riding a motorcycle. Oh. So it was an emotional moment. I was like, man, I felt for my fellow cast members and, like, my whole production crew. That does stink that they lost their jobs, though. Gosh, it was terrible. I was so, I was like, oh, yeah, this is hilarious if I drop in. and I just think Meat, Meatloaf is that big of an artist to do a whole production around. I think that's partially the issue. It's like mm-hmm. we're basing it around Meatloaf. I know one Meatloaf song for real is, yeah. I would do anything for love. Other than that, it's like we're going to do an hour and a half of Meatloaf songs. <laughs> Couldn't tell, couldn't tell you the name of those songs. We are? But I'm sad to hear that, Lunchbox. Yeah, well, the one in Europe is like three hours long. Oh. Maybe he's big in Europe. Maybe they have a uh, oh, gosh, yeah. siesta. Oh, man. <laughs> so, yeah, guys, just yeah. if you guys could think about me at this time and like okay, I'm sorry, be a little Lunchbox. bit nicer because I'm emotional. You are emotional, yes. Okay. Uh, Lunchbox, sorry to hear that. Thank you. All good? Yeah. Okay, she does the... <laughs> Every day she does the pile, and some say she has the best style. Here she is, Amy, everybody. Maybe what could be therapeutic for Lunchbox would be to write down what he's feeling about this and let it go and either flush it down the toilet or burn it in his fireplace because that's what I've been doing with things I need to surrender and let go of. Although I will say fire is more therapeutic because last week I flushed something. Felt good. Didn't know it could feel better until this week. I burned it. Wait, you flush things down the toilet? Well, you make sure you rip it up. So really wait, small. You, if you have like an issue or a sadness, or even a fear, something, something. You write that, it down. You, so you write okay. it out. It can be very therapeutic. What it, for you? It might just be a few words, or it could be a whole pages and pages of stuff. Uh, and then you just surrender it. You let it go because you don't want it to have or to control you in a way. So or, if I write down, I'm scared of snakes, and then I flush it down the toilet, I won't be scared no, of snakes She's anymore. not saying that, that it's going to happen. I that type of fear. Right. It's not like a practical thing you do to actually make it go away, but it's it is... When you're in your head about something. Yeah, it's uh, more of a symbol. Mm-hmm. Oh. So with that, though, right. you're like, like, I'm releasing this from myself, and then you do it. I don't know. I think it's cuckoo, but I understand yeah, why I mean, it's a thing. Uh, do you feel like it helps? Yeah, I feel 10 out of 10 recommend. It's therapeutic. Lunchbox is legitimately scared of snakes, so that's not what I'm talking about. I mean, other things. And for you, like, for everybody, it might look different. Well, Physi- yeah, physically. Yeah, she said fear, so I just, when I heard that, I thought, okay, yeah. I can write this down. And I worry about clogging the toilet. Okay. Yeah, well, what are you flushing? Well, she said you're writing down paper. That's and- why you should probably burn it. But I said if you do toilet, make sure it's just like one thing and you rip it up a lot. Or maybe write it on toilet paper and flush that. It's tough, though. <laughs> toilet paper does not yeah, stay Yeah, it <laughs> All right. From Mountain Pine, Arkansas, he's a coach on NBA 2K. And on the headset, it's crazy what people say. Hey. Bobby Bones. Thank you very much. <laughs> I got to tell you, you ever see those posts? It's like, I was today years old when I learned this. Yeah. yeah. And all those are mostly about things that you should have learned a long time ago, but somehow you missed it and you just learned it and it's late. I had one of those yesterday. On my Apple TV, it goes, your charger is low. Charger battery. And I'm like, I don't know. Where do I get a charger battery? I, I've never seen that before on my screen. So where do I buy a, a, a the remote, the remote battery? Where do I buy a remote battery? Because it's a little black Apple remote. Yeah. Right with a little circle that. Oh, every, for, okay. I got everybody you. Everybody got it. It's an Apple TV remote. Got, got it. it. Mm-hmm. Okay. May not be describing it perfect, but Apple TV got a remote, little black thing. It's got the two buttons and the one big one on top. You ever have it say it's running dead? Yes. No, no never you seen have. that. Yes. Okay. No idea. You plug it into the phone charger. That's how it charges back up. Yeah. Really? I'm, I, I'm aware of this, but because also that's that's the only way I've been able to use it. But how has it been getting charged in your house? I think Caitlin is smart and knows <laughs> you put it on the charger. <laughs> You've just never encountered it? Never. I've never seen that before. That's and funny. I it popped up where I was watching Dark, mm-hmm. and I was like, the remote's going to die. 
Do we need to order a new remote? And she laughed, thought I was kidding. And I was like, what? Or is there a new battery? Because those air tags have a new, new battery in it. The watch battery. And she goes, no. Look. She grabs it and shows me the bottom of it. She goes, you just charge it. Oh. Wow. Yeah, I didn't know that. You didn't either? No. Dang. Good. I wonder how many other things are done for you guys just by your wife that you oh, have no idea yeah. that they're even doing? A lot. Well, I would say, though, difference for me, I was single until I was 39, mm-hmm. so I probably had to learn how to do most things. Where Eddie's been married, what, nine? You got married at age nine? No, I've been <laughs> married for 17 years. But she's probably done a lot of stuff for you that you have no idea. Absolutely. Yeah. I just didn't do stuff like get more than four forks. Did you know that underneath the oven, you know that, that where you store all the cookie sheets and everything, mm-hmm. that's actually used for the oven? It's not storage? Yeah. It's a warmer. What? Yeah. It's a, it's warmer. a warmer. Yeah, I knew that. All my pans are down there. Like, everything. This I've is, never used it. It's like, man, we got some good warm pans, man. Have we bought these? <laughs> all... Didn't know that. It's time to open up the mailbag. You send an email and we read it on the air. It's something we call Bobby's Mailbag. Yeah. Hello, Bobby Bones. I heard you talking recently about how the best time to buy a TV is right now. I've had my eye on a new 70-inch TV for months. That's over a 1000 bucks. But my wife says we cannot spend that much money on a TV. I had the idea of buying the TV for my annual Super Bowl party and then returning it and getting my money back. The store has a policy that I can return within 15 days for a full refund. I'm about to run the idea by my wife, but I wanted to hear your thoughts first. How can I get her on board? Signed, TV Terry. Well, I'm not going to answer how you can get her on board because you shouldn't get her on board. Yeah. That rule is not so you can go and borrow a TV. For the Super Bowl. And then <laughs> take it back. That's being dishonest. Because when you pay for it and you buy it, you're bu- you could go rent one, but then you have to pay for that. You don't get your money back. It's less money. You can go rent a big TV, do it with integrity, use the TV, have a party, take it back. But if you buy one, you're telling them, I'm buying this to have, I'm paying this money. And then when you take it back, you get all the money back. So you got a product and a service and paid nothing for it. That's being dishonest. So you should not do that. And secondly, what if you break it? Oh, yeah. They'll probably still take it back, though, honestly. Mm. Now I want to do this. (laughs) I know you don't. I don't. You can't. You can't do it. You can't do it. TV Terry, you don't go to your wife. Lunchbox? TV Terry, been there, done that. It works great. There's no need to get the wife on board because you're going to take it back. So you show up with your house bring the TV in, put it up. She yells at you and be like, honey, it'll be gone in 15 days, no problem. And you take it back, you get your money back, you have a great Super Bowl party, you have a great TV, and heck, y- your wife may see that TV up there and be like, maybe we should keep that. So it's a win-win. There's no need to go to your wife, just go to the store and do your deal. You don't think it's dishonest, though? There's What is dishonest about it? You bought it, you tried it? You didn't it. buy it, and you, you're not buying it. No, you it did that. buy it. But you're not trying it that you might keep it. You're literally... What do you say when you return it? You're literally going to get it to use it and take it back. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, you know, it just didn't work out. That's a lie. It didn't work out. It, it worked work out, out exactly like you thought it would. <laughs> yeah. Super Bowl was awesome. Yeah, you watched it, now you returned it. It did. Do you ever wear clothes, leave a tag on, take clothes back? 100%. Oh, okay. Oh, boy. I mean, I had an alarm clock in college. It broke. Guess what I did? Went to the store, bought the exact same alarm clock, got the new one out, put the old one in, took it back, said, hey, it doesn't work. Got my money back. What? <laughs> yeah, that's fraud. I don't understand. What do you mean you don't understand it? I know. <laughs> I mean, but, that's then, what, but then you have an alarm clock that works. Yes. And okay. I got my money and back. And you got your money back. So you basically stole. No, I paid for it. And then I got the new one, put it on my you know bedside table and put the old one in the box, took it back, said, hey, it doesn't work. Got my money back. And it's sort of like if you buy. If but, you, but you got a new clock because <laughs> you Why used the you, other one for a whole lot of time. You basically stole one way or the other. Why you, didn't you just take the broken one and say, hey, this broke and swap it out for a new one? I don't know if they'd do that. But I do know. You didn't have the box. I do know. Your money back. I do know that like Costco will take anything back. Like so, you can take you can have a TV for ten years, like Eddie did. Okay, I did that. I did that one time. It was my dad's idea. It wasn't mine. (laughs) What? what I'm saying. My dad, he saw my old TV and it had just broken. He's like, you know, Costco has a return policy. Did you get it at Costco? Yeah, like a long time ago. And we went back. He's like, yeah, man, this thing's not not working. (laughs) Ten-year-old like, TV, ten-year-old black and white with. Just, and guess what? Guess what? It's got a they hanger got a, on the top of it. They got a antenna. new TV. You know what they said? Go pick out a new one. Exactly. So there's nothing wrong with this TV, Terry. Hold on. But what Eddie did was, according to their policy, even though gray. <laughs> yeah. So they gray. Time. But I, but lunchbox, this is totally different. This is not part of the policy where you can get a TV, use it with the intention of just bringing it back. 
People do it all the time. I've done it. I I bought shoes. People murder a, people all the time. No, no, no. It doesn't mean it's okay. <laughs> That's true. They do. I bought shoes, wore them to a wedding, took them back. Yeah, yeah I hear you. <sighs> TV Terry, I say you don't do that. Amy? <laughs> no. Eddie? Don't do it, man. It's wrong. Lunchbox? TV Terry, do it, man. No, okay. no. no. For, if I was your wife, I'd be so unattracted to you. If that's how you chose to do it, I don't I need don't, her to be attracted to me during the Super Bowl. Oh, okay. She means in general. It would oh. linger. It would linger. <laughs> okay. Uh, you guys want to email us? You can. Morgan, what's the email address? Mailbag at bobbybones.com. Okay, close it up. We got your email and we read it on the air. Now it's time to close Bobby's mailbag. Yeah. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. I want to say thanks for everybody who has helped with St. Jude. I mean, you guys are changing lives, you guys are saving lives. St. Jude has been leading the way to the world's best survival rates for some of the most aggressive forms of cancer. And I'm talking about childhood cancer. Your support actually means that families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment or travel or housing or food. So the parents can focus on being a parent and helping their kid live. You know, I never had cancer, but I was in the hospital as a kid for a long time. And I just remember how difficult it was, how scary it was. And then I remember getting out and having to figure out how to pay the bill. I'd have to pay it, you know, somebody did. But St. Jude eliminates a lot of that. You can help St. Jude stop childhood cancer by becoming a partner in Hope. You'll get an awesome new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. Join the doctors, the researchers. Hey, join me in this fight and visit musicgives.org. That's musicgives.org. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. How do the biggest names in outlaw country start a musical revolution? Through one woman's vision from one tiny living room. Don't miss Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in the new scripted Audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the Birth of Outlaw Country Music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. Brewer shaped the sound and soul of country music as we know it today, despite never picking up an instrument herself. Lovingly dubbed as The Boar's Nest, Sue's place was an intimate staging ground where a new breed of singer-songwriters, wounded souls, wayward upstarts, that's where they would spur each other and tap into something bigger and something realer. Starring Mandy Moore and featuring Eben Moss Backrack as Shel Silverstein and TJ Osborne as Johnny Cash alongside a full ensemble cast. Audible invites you to enter the boar's nest and experience the rise of a musical revolution. One woman, one time, one place. The boar's nest. Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Listen now at audible.com slash the boar's nest. When it comes to making cool graphics, I'm not very good at it. But every once in a while, if you see me do something and I'm like, I made this. And you're like, I bet he hired someone. Nope. The truth is I, I use Canva because you can take a dumb dumb like me that doesn't know a lot about graphic design. And because of the templates already built in, you can do things that look super cool. You can do like Mike D who does know a bit about it. And it looks even cooler. Like, what do you use yours for? You can do it to make a pitch deck, and it looks like it took like a million hours to make. Then like five minutes. And that's because a lot of the templates are already there. You can just build into it. Yeah, it's so quick. So supercharge your work docs with MagicWrite, which is Canva's AI text generator as well. Just start with a prompt. Describe what you want to say in a few words. MagicWrite will generate a draft in seconds. Tweak your draft, and then you're done. And tweaking it means just go ahead and read it make sure it's like in your words. Or in my case, make sure you misspell something, right? Yeah. So tweak it. It's a serious time saver. It's a perfect way to beat the blank page. Magic Ride is powered by OpenAI. It's built into the Canva doc, so you get AI text generation right where you need it, where you write. No more copying and pasting from other programs. And again, it doesn't matter what you're doing. Canva will make you look like the smartest, greatest graphic designer of all time. So it's a perfect time saver. It's perfect if you're doing a presentation. Canva presentations might be the most visually impressive presentations you'll ever use. Start with using a stunning template. Use it as a springboard for your design. Start designing today at canva.com. Designed for work. It's a Bobby Bones Show interview. In case you didn't know. His name is Chase Beckham. I met him originally on American Idol. I was a mentor on that show for four years and spent a lot of time with him. You know, he was living at home, had a really rough stint in his life. He lost everything. He was driving a forklift. He had talked about his struggle with alcohol and playing bars, but had just kind of moved back home and said, well, things aren't going so good, so see, let me see if I can start over. His mom was like, hey, dude, why don't you go and audition for American Idol? And he didn't have enough money to buy a decent guitar, so his family gathered a bunch of cash. I think it was like 1700 bucks in donations. They bought him a guitar. He played that one on the show. He went on the show and he crushed it. 
from California. He's a country guy. Likes to fish and sing, and he's here today. He's really good. Chase Beckham now here on the Bobby Bone Show. Go on the Bobby Bone Show now. Chase Beckham. Chase, how you been, buddy? I've been good, man. How are it's, you? It's good. You were coming in, and obviously we know each other. And you'll have to pardon me for this. I don't ever remember who wins American Idol. And I worked on the show. I didn't know. I was yeah. like, I, I was like, man, Chase should have really won that show. Then I looked. You won the show. Yeah. That, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. one of those times where it was like the person who should have <laughs> won it won it. Uh, I mean, thank I guess you. that's I why that. I yeah. wasn't sure. Because usually I'm like, oh man, that person was really good. They're gonna do really well after this show. But you maybe never know. True. But you, yeah, yeah, yeah. You came into that show and you're just such a good singer. But where did you cut your teeth? Like, where did you do all of your singing? Um, well, man, I, I really learned how to sing at like backyard parties and like in dive bars and, uh, you know, playing party music and you know, we do covers and reggae music and Where'd you get your first guitar? Stuff, you know? Like how old and where? I was three. I was three when I got my first one and, uh. Three? How do you play a guitar at three? Well, I was a big kid, <laughs> you know, so it's like, uh, I was playing guitars at my grandmother's house that were like, you know, old hand-me-downs that were just way too big. So uh, she got me this little like classical nylon acoustic guitar. I still have it when I was about three years old. Yeah, and uh, that was like my first instrument that I learned how to play. And was, was it always music to you then? Did you, is, did you always feel like that was at yeah. least something you were going to do, even if it wasn't the only thing you were doing? Um, I was. I mean, I'm horrible football player, horrible basketball player, I'm bad at school. You know, just about everything else that you could, you know, want to be good at, I'm not. So <laughs> I uh, tried my luck at songwriting and singing and stuff, but I couldn't sing growing up. You know, it wasn't like uh, something that was like uh, just I stumbled upon it. And it was like I but tried for a good? long time. You weren't good? Oh, it was bad for a while, you know, trying to learn how to sing. And like um, I wasn't like a naturally just like gifted singer. You know, I tried for a long time to sing in ways that worked for me, I feel like. And then whenever people were like, yeah, that sounds good, I was like really surprised. So, so does that mean I, there's a still a chance process. I could be a good singer? There's still a chance. Yeah, there's, still, there's always hope. Yeah. I'm inspired by your story that I still I've, can do it. I've tried to tell people that, but then people are like, no, I'm tone deaf. Like, it's not possible. And I'm like, well, you know, there's definitely things that factor into it. But, yeah, if you practice long enough, I think that, like, when I did the vocal coaches on Idol, like, that was a nightmare because they were just like, you're doing it all wrong. <laughs> like. And, because they are coming you know, from like a, a traditional classical style of, of how teaching, to pro- yeah, how to project your voice and yeah. how to sing. And they're like, you know, because I have a raspy when I sing, it's a lot more raspy than when I talk. And they're like trying to get me to pull that off. And but that's just kind of for me, that was like my natural auto tune. It's like if I felt like I was off, I'd just rasp it up a little bit and hopefully it sounded better. <laughs> well, I want everybody to hear you. Uh, by the way, Chase Beckham's here. Really like this guy. I mean, I. I felt like you and I kind of hit it off. We definitely have a similarish background, you know, spending time with you a little bit on Idol. But like, you, Chase is like a real dude, real singer, and he has a song called Twenty Three, and that's the song you did. This did you you perform this as one that blew up? Yeah, I mean, it, it slowly has done. Uh, I, I couldn't really ever imagine, you know. Uh, the amount of people who've got to listen to the song and who've streamed it. So thank you to everybody, you know, who's listened to it. But it wasn't like, it wasn't that much when I moved to town to where it was like, yeah, this is going to be a radio single. It was like a few million streams and that was great. And it did good on like digital charts. So I was excited, you know, and because nobody had ever heard my music before. Mm-hmm. So this was great. But um, yeah, over time, it's just, um, I put out new music and I've toured a ton and just like traveled nonstop and uh, just kind of in the back that song's just been like stacking up, stacking up. And so uh, I went back and looked at it at one point and I was like, oh my God, where did all these streams come from? Like night and day. So um, yeah, it ended up, now it's the song that we're coming to radio with just because um, of just the audience basically kind of telling us that that's you know, what they wanted to hear. So um yeah, it was fun to get to perform it, and I got a win with that song, and um, something that I wrote on my couch when I was, you know, 23 years old, 26 now. So, how long did it take you to write that song? Not, not long at all. It's not. Yeah, it's very. Um, what's the word? Uh, whenever something's not typical, or it's very unorthodox. That's the word. That's very a good word too. It's it's not something you know. That, lunchbox say like four times today. Now that he's heard <laughs> that. He, a new word, he keeps using it over and over again. Yeah, unorthodox in what way? Structurally? Structurally, yeah. I think the way that I wrote it. Even when we recorded it, they're like, "Oh, it should end right here," and I was like, "No, it needs to go on a little bit longer." And um, I think it was kind of just like out of the box. You know, it wasn't something that I put a lot of effort into. And sometimes that's like the best music comes from that kind of stuff is when you just grab something and run with it. All right, Chase Beckham's here. He's going to do a song 23. Here we go. Chase, whenever you're ready, buddy. Nice. Chase Beckham. 
Let me ask you hey, about that good. song a little bit because I, I to write that song, and it is coming from personal experience, one, you have to have some self-awareness yeah. that you're struggling. And then two, you have to like write it and you have to go, well, I'm going to put these words down and then I'm going to play it for somebody, which is an extra level of vulnerability. So there's a lot there yeah. to get to the point where you actually record it and play it. So why that song in then and why would you write that? Yeah, <laughs> we kind of we were just talking about that. And it's, it's a funny thing because it was like, you know, I was I'd made a ton of mistakes and burnt so many bridges at the time. And um was just definitely headed down a horrible path in my life. And um, at the time, my girlfriend of seven years, you know, like the song says, uh, was breaking up with me. We lived together, and she was leaving uh, the house. And um, she had been gone for a couple of days. I like, went and stayed with her parents or something like that and came back to grab some stuff and was leaving again. And in that couple of days that she was gone, I was, you know, sitting on the couch, and I think I was just, like, super hungover from, you know, just binge drinking and, partying and stuff and i sat down and i wrote that song and i kid you not i wrote it in maybe like 15 20 minutes just like scribbled down a bunch of stuff a lot of the stuff doesn't really rhyme as much as you know it's just thoughts really and then um i've been playing that riff for a long time you know i wanted to do something with that riff with the yeah, that, the that, yeah. Dinner, dinner, dinner. <laughs> by the way he's playing guitar himself yeah, yeah. he's not so, a player with him he's playing guitar so uh that was something that um i'd been playing for a while and um i just kind of put the story of you know my reflectiveness at the time I was like uh, looking at the dust settling everybody gone and you're just kind of there by yourself and it's like oh I may have screwed up a little bit and you know how can I fix this and a song definitely doesn't fix things right then and there because I tried and she didn't really care <laughs> to hear the song at the time you know but um you over, feel vulnerable over time performing you know. that song at first especially at yeah. first at first when like, are you like, I'm going to sing this song about me, and then it's like, here I am knowing I'm struggling and sad and alone. I don't know, I don't I would just feel like that would be, if you haven't done it a lot, like, here are my guts, look at them. I think that's what I always tried to do in music, and maybe 23 it just does that in a little bit more of a upfront and more uh, blunt way of saying, like, hey, this is what it is, you know. But I think that's kind of what I try to do with all, all my music is write about stuff that, makes you feel you know and gives you the feels and so the listener hopefully can say oh yeah i'm that guy in this song and to me that's where the greatest song i'm like i'm this guy in this song right now and it's like a little movie in your head when you're driving in your truck listening to music you know and that's kind of what music is for me so i think it's cool chase beckham's here we got five uncomfortable questions from listeners are you ready for them oh yeah uh why does chase spell his name weird Ask my mama. Because yeah. <laughs> it's C-H-A-Y-C-E. Have you ever asked her what that's about? She said she got it from a book. Do you know which book? Uh, a, a naming book. Oh, got it. <laughs> you know, like a... a got it, got it, got it. That, I guess my name was supposed to be Mickey. That was supposed to be my name. And my I like uncle Chase. wanted to name his son Mickey. Um, so it was like this conflict of interest, and my mom just picked a name out of a book, and that's what it was. Which, by the way, I'm going from memory here. You have... Four siblings. Are they all sisters? Yeah, yeah. That's right. I got four sisters. That that's that's a lot. That's a. Lot. I mean, I was raised by all women for a lot of most of my life. So yeah. with my mom, my si- my grandma. But that's a lot of that. Yeah, and then all their friends. Do you know how to like braid hair? Because there for yeah. a while I could do that stuff pretty good. I'm pretty. I'm not bad. Yeah, you know? yeah I can mean, braid hair, and I'm pretty good at all that. You know, all the brother stuff. Yeah. Much, you know. Last job before this. Um, I worked at United Rentals. I was uh, a driver for, uh, we had equipment, you know, that kind of stuff for construction sites. I deliver equipment. Have you ever fished with Luke? Yeah, fished with him. Uh, I don't want to say a bunch, but we fished together quite a bit. How much did you make winning American Idol? (laughs) Like, do they give you a check? Yeah. I I mean, I know the answer to this, but but you can answer it. You know, it's not much. They don't give you a million dollar check if everybody wants to know. No, there's not a million dollars. So if that's there's nine hundred and ninety thousand. <laughs> <laughs> you get all your money, you know, doing other stuff. <laughs> and then finally, what's the story with John Stamos? Have Wait, you met John Stamos? Yeah, I met John Stamos. What was that? Is there a story? I don't know. These are the listener questions. I, I thought John Stamos was a really nice guy, and he gave me this bracelet that I still have. That's a story for uh, that's me. That's my story. That's a good right. enough story yeah, for me. He was cool, man. I mean, that's Uncle Jesse. Like so a bracelet cool. off his own wrist, or he yeah. just carries. He gave us all one. Oh, okay. It was kind of routine in a sense where he like had a bunch of them, you know, and was handing them out. But like, I kept mine. I still have it. I, I would change it that story. Cool. He only had one. His grandma <laughs> gave it to him before she <laughs> yeah. died and said, "Give this to one person that you really." And he gave it to me. <laughs> I wish it was that cool because that's how, what I thought it was when I was walking away. <laughs> and everybody, everybody else, else was like, one. "Had one." I was like, "Oh." 
Uh, Chase, I'm rooting for you, man. You Thanks, definitely, man. you know, great singer, great story that I think a lot of people relate to. Like, yeah. I like you. I don't know what else to say except, oh. you know, just keep pushing along. You've worked this hard to get to work even harder now. Yeah, man, we're still going. I appreciate you, you know, taking the time, and you know, it's good to see you, man. And thank you guys for listening to me. <laughs> well, no, they put earplugs in while we were doing it. They, <laughs> they changed the station. Yeah, That's they were flipping over too. to... Uh, what you guys flipping on Big D and Bubba? Like, <laughs> no. All right, Chase, good to see you, buddy. Thank and you guys hopefully so much. we'll we'll see you really soon when this song's like killing it, okay? Hopefully, buddy. All right, there he is. Chase Thanks, Beckham, everybody. It's time for the good news. With producer Eddie. Tell me something good. Demario Davis is an Air Force veteran and he's shopping at Walmart with his son when he notices there's a customer who's angry and he's got a knife in his hand. He's threatening other customers oh, and employees. So Demario, he thinks quick. He sees one of those stanchions, you know, that's that's like uh, separating lanes or whatever. He grabs the pole. What's it called? Stanchion. Never heard of that. Yeah. That's like at the movie theater, you know, you walk through the stanchions. The pole with the rope. Uh-huh. That's a stanchion? Yeah. Wow, you learn something and you're going to be inspired here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he grabs that heavy pole and he nails the guy in the back of the head. The knife falls out. Another customer grabs the knife. They keep the guy down until cops show up. Man, they are heroes. And tomorrow, here he is. He's talking about how if you're in this situation, this is how you do it. If you have the heart in you, I, I, would, I would suggest that just to try to save lives. You know what I mean? Like I said, um, law enforcement can't do it all by themselves all the time. They're not there. If you're a concerned citizen and you see something happening, I would suggest you probably try to step up and help. It's a great video. <laughs> It's you, awesome. You see the video of the guy at Guitar Center tackling the guy? No. And putting no. him in like a lock, like a UFC lock as he no. was like shoplifting? No. And this guy saved a life because he had a knife, but I'm just thinking of the videos that are cool. There are a couple of them. The guy tries to steal the Guitar Center, and this dude, I don't know if he has some training. I didn't read the whole article. I just read the headline, watched the video, and checked out. But he jumps on him and like leg wraps him and holds him. Oh, He that's had some cool. kind of training. There's another video, which we talked about on the show. It was at like... Circuit, maybe Circuit City doesn't exist, or Best Buy, where they look like they're trying to steal, like I. Oh yeah, like, it's Best Buy where the uh, the whole employees they form <laughs> they, they, a little wall it's and like they're like whoa 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 playing defense like yeah. football really yeah and they're like in line they look like linebackers are like let's go baby <laughs> wow That's awesome all the cameras except for Big Brother watching every move cameras are cool huh <laughs> That's a great story though Eddie yeah thank you all right that's what it's all about that was tell me something good hey it's Bobby Bones want to say thanks. For everybody who has helped with St. Jude, I mean, you guys are changing lives. You guys are saving lives. St. Jude has been leading the way to the world's best survival rates for some of the most aggressive forms of cancer. And I'm talking about childhood cancer. Your support actually means that families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment or travel or housing or food. So the parents can focus on being a parent and helping their kid live. You know, I never had cancer, but I was in the hospital as a kid for a long time. And I just remember how difficult it was, how scary it was. And then I remember getting out and having to figure out how to pay the bill. I didn't have to pay it, but you know, somebody did. But St. Jude eliminates a lot of that. You can help St. Jude stop childhood cancer by becoming a partner in Hope. You'll get an awesome new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. Join the doctors, the researchers. Hey, join me in this fight and visit musicgives.org. That's musicgives.org. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. How do the biggest names in outlaw country start a musical revolution? Through one woman's vision from one tiny living room. Don't miss Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in the new scripted Audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the Birth of Outlaw Country Music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. Brewer shaped the sound and soul of country music as we know it today, despite never picking up an instrument herself. Lovingly dubbed as the Boar's Nest, Sue's Place was an intimate staging ground where a new breed of singer-songwriters, wounded souls, wayward upstarts, that's where they would spur each other and tap into something bigger and something realer. Starring Mandy Moore and featuring Eben Moss Backrack as Shel Silverstein and TJ Osborne as Johnny Cash alongside a full ensemble cast. Audible invites you to enter the Boar's Nest and experience the rise of a musical revolution. One woman, one time, one place. The Boar's Nest. Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Listen now at audible.com slash the boar's nest. When it comes to making cool graphics, I'm not very good at it. But every once in a while, if you see me do something and I'm like, I made this. And you're like, I bet he hired someone. Nope. The truth is I, I use Canva because you can take a dumb dumb like me that doesn't know a lot about graphic design. And because of the templates already built in, you can do things that look super cool. 
You can do like Mike D, who does know a bit about it, and it looks even cooler. Like, what do you use yours for? You can do it to make a pitch deck, and it looks like it took like a million hours to make, then like five minutes. And that's because a lot of the templates are already there. You can just build into it. Yeah, it's so quick. So supercharge your work docs with MagicWrite, which is Canva's AI text generator as well. Just start with a prompt. Describe what you want to say in a few words. MagicWrite will generate a draft in seconds. Tweak your draft, and then you're done. And tweaking it means just go ahead and read it make sure it's like in your words. Or in my case, make sure you misspell something, right? Yeah. So tweak it. It's a serious time saver. It's a perfect way to beat the blank page. MagicWrite is powered by OpenAI. It's built into the Canva doc, so you get AI text generation right where you need it, where you write. No more copying and pasting from other programs. And again, it doesn't matter what you're doing. Canva will make you look like the smartest, greatest graphic designer of all time. So it's a perfect time saver. It's perfect if you're doing a presentation. Canva presentations might be the most visually impressive presentations you'll ever use. Start with using a stunning template. Use it as a springboard for your design. Start designing today at canva.com. Designed for work. Dolly Parton's birthday today. Dolly is timeless. I don't think I would know how old she was unless it was in front of me. Because she seems 50 and 90 at the same time. Yeah. Like, she seems like she's been around forever, but she also has the spunk still that I'm like, maybe I'm guessing too old. How old do you think Dolly is, Amy? Oh, man. I know. Okay. Timeless. Dolly's timeless. Right. So, I'll go with 80. Eddie? 75. Lunchbox? Uh, I talked about my with this my wife the other night, and I said 73. She has to be 73 years old. <laughs> She's 77. Oh, okay. Oh, Happy birthday, Dolly Parton. Dolly. Dolly Rebecca Parton was born January 19th, 1946, in a one-room cabin on the banks of the Little Pigeon River in Pittman Center, Tennessee. What do you think Dolly's number one streaming song is of all time? Amy? I Will Always Love You. That comes in at number four. From 1974, I Will Always Love You, a song she wrote, recorded, did not know Whitney had recorded it really until she was driving in her car and heard it come on the radio. Yeah, awesome. She told us that story here on this show. <laughs> Lunchbox, Dolly's biggest, most streaming song. There's only two options here, and the number one song is Islands in the Stream. Islands in the Stream, number three. Oh! 1982 with Kenny Rogers. Jam. Also Pick, was a pop song. Picked the wrong it one. It was so big. Eddie, there are two songs still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Dolly's birthday. What is her biggest streaming song? Bones, I believe it's going to be, uh, let's go Jolene. Number two, Jolene. Dang it. <laughs> That's crazy you guys did that. 1974, Jolene. Her number one streaming song forever, all time, 1980, 9 to 5. Oh. The one on top five we didn't get to is Here You Come Again. Here You Come Again. So here are some things we learned about Dolly over the years in our interviews with her, our top five here. At number five, we talked to Dolly, and she revealed to us what she requires on her tour bus. Here you go. They usually just stop. I just need water or like fruit, like a fruit plate, like cheese and fruit. But that's more for people that come in and out for myself. I just have mostly what I want on my bus anyway. At number four, Dolly told us she will write songs everywhere, and sometimes they'll come to her in a dream. If I'm taking a bath, I always got either a little tape recorder or something where I don't want to forget that line. Uh, and I'll sometimes dream a song. Really? Wake up and say, you better write it down because I used to think I'd remember, but you don't. So it's best to do, you know, to write it then. Number three, Dolly told us she doesn't like to fly. If it's absolutely possible, she travels by bus. I don't like to fly. I get motion sickness. I don't like that helpless feeling that I can't get out if I want to. I travel by my bus when I can. And when I do fly, we usually fly private jet. It's really hard doing commercial anymore just because it's so such a zoo. I just take my bus anytime I can. Dolly talked about writing Jolene and I Will Always Love You on the same exact day. In 1972, I think I wrote it. So At the same time I wrote Jolene, that was a good writing day. What do you, the same, you wrote <laughs> wow. it for the same I, day? Yeah, I believe so. It was right in that writing period of time because I remember all my paperwork. And, like, they came out pretty close, you know, at the same time. So everybody said, boy, you, what was you taking? That was, a good, <laughs> that was a good writing day. And this was what I was talking about earlier. So Dolly was, you know, super popular with I Will Always Love You from 1974. And they reached out and said, hey, can we use I Will Always Love You for the movie The Bodyguard? And she goes, yes, but then she heard nothing about it. That was just it. She just said yes, and away they went, and then boom. So I sent it, and I hadn't heard anything more about it until I heard it going driving from my office to my house in Brentwood. I just heard Whitney saying, if I 
did the acapella part, and it was just it wasn't ringing true. I thought, what? That's weird. And it was only when she went into the course of it that I well, I was loving that I realized what I was listening to, and it was so overwhelming I almost wrecked. And I have to honestly say that is one of the biggest thrills and one of the, the most overwhelming feelings I've ever had about anything in my life. <laughs> So cool. It's so cool that Dolly comes in about once a year, and we just get to sit down and do this. And every year we celebrate her birthday by talking about the coolest things about her. But she, it's like her, I can list them on one hand, basically. Reba, Garth, maybe just those three, where you meet them and you go, oh, like I can't describe it. But it makes sense they're massive superstars. Yeah. Obviously, you have to be talented, but it's how they communicate. It's how warm they are. It's how approachable they are while still being a superstar. And Dolly's the best. It's awesome. It's been super cool to get to know Dolly over the years. Happy birthday, Dolly. 77 today. Everybody knows Eddie the Dad. We love him. His kids even sing the song about Eddie the Dad. (laughs) But what if a dad... On a moment's notice, turns into a hero. Hero! (laughs) Eddie, tell us what happened. Guys, look, I'm not a hero, but look. But that's what a hero says. Okay, okay. That's what a hero says. I'm not a hero. I was driving home and I saw like a group of kids, and it looked like uh, they had just gotten off the bus. So it's like a bus stop or whatever. And something wasn't right. And they're all huddled around something. And the closer I get, I notice there's a fight going on. So what do I do? I pull the car over. I get out. I make a big, I honk, dun, dun, open the door, slam it. Hey, 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 break it up, break it up. You and, jump out into the pile of kids. Oh, yeah. You risk your own safety. As soon as I said break it up, they all looked, oh, my gosh. And they all scattered like cats. And the two that were like on the ground wrestling, I was about to grab the guy that was on top. He was definitely winning. And he kind of gets up and like, oh, there we got to go. We got to go. We got to go. And they all split. And it was just me and the one that was kind of on the ground. He's like. Oh man, oh man, th- thank you, thank you. And then Houston runs off. I'm like, are you good? Are you good? I'm fine. He runs off. And the guy that was beating him up yells, We're not done, bro. You just got saved. Oh no. And I saved his life, though. Yes. So I'm like, wow, that was crazy, full of adrenaline. But then I started thinking, like, did I ruin it for the kid? Like, is are, now the bully or whoever was winning that fight gonna find him? Like, did he, did he get beat up 10 minutes after I left? Like, I felt like a hero at that moment. I think you saved the kid's life. I think you saved the kid's life, and I'd like to commend you. Wow. You stopped your car. You jumped into action. You risked your own safety, which is... Yeah. You didn't think about it. It was instinct. Guys, when you're a dad and you see Mm. kids fighting, like, you just do what you do. It was instinct. I just, you know, felt I had to do There were no other adults around? No. It's like they had just gotten off the bus. They all had their backpacks on. And one kid was just pounding the other kid. Oh, yeah. Like, one was definitely winning the fight. Nothing says like you're an old grumpy man like breaking up a kid's fight. You have no relation to these kids. You let them fight. You let them handle their business. You don't know if you're what an that, adult. You should stop two no, kids from no, beating no, the no, crap yeah. out of each other. You don't yes. know what that kid did to the other kid. Like maybe he spit in his face, and so the guy punched him. You breaking it up. Get out of here. That is none of your business. Drive on by. Leave them alone. Not a hero. No. Dude. I think you're a hero. Look, man, I just, you're the you know, opposite I, of hero. I, I did what I felt I had to do. Yeah, I, I'm amen. not a hero, you're, though, guys. I'm I hear not, you. I'm That's just what a, a hero, says, though. Look, I'm just a dad. You're basically oh. like the guy who landed the plane. The, the, the 19 year old, 18 year old? No, guy? in the, the Hudson. Sully? Oh, Captain Sully. You're, you're the Sully of the Bobby Bone Show. <laughs> wow, wow, <laughs> wow. Thank you, thank you, guys. Wow. There's oh a little different. Goodness. Yeah, yeah, Eddie. <laughs> hero. Hero. <laughs> wow. Have you guys seen, speaking of jumping into action, have you guys watched Kai the Knife Wielding Hitchhiker on Netflix? No, yet? I've no. heard it's crazy. <laughs> what is that? The Knife Wielding It's not a show. It's a one it's a documentary, but it's one. It's a movie, but it's like an hour. He's real? Yeah. He was a meme. He's a real dude. Dang. And you probably would see him, maybe recognize him. But what was happening was I'm just gonna tell you the very beginning of it because I don't want to spoil anything. But back in the day, Kai, as we got to know him, because he was on Jimmy Kimmel, he was everywhere. He saw a guy run a car into a dude, pin him up against like his work truck and start to call him racial slurs. Oh. So he's got him pinned, screaming at him. And so Kai, who's a hit, who is like a homeless guy, but like just a young, like a, I don't even know the term. He's just moving around like the country. Like a nomad? Yeah. But the show's called Kai... The knife-holding hitchhiker. So he's moving all the way across the country. He takes his hatchet out and just starts whacking the guy. 
mm. who pinned the guy with the car. And he got very famous because of it. <laughs> I'd never heard of that. Did it's on Netflix. You're crazy. That's crazy. You should watch it. It's good. Okay. And it's only a one-timer. And it's basically an episode of any other show, that length, an hour, hour 15. It was 100% on Rotten Tomatoes as far as the reviewers. And people didn't give it as high of a score, but I really enjoyed it. So did he get in trouble for doing I'm that? I'm not talking about anything because you need to watch okay. it. I don't want to I don't want to say anything. <laughs> All right. But he got very famous. Wow. But he pulled a hatchet out and went to town on the guy who was driving the car who pinned the guy up against the truck. And it's his story about how famous he got. It's a crazy story. Dang. So watch it. It's Kai, the knife-building hitchhiker. Eddie, you're basically Kai. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. he's not. Eddie did Pretty nothing much, but though. interrupt some kids' drama. Like, stay out of it. Do you go to the middle school playground and make sure no one's doing anything? <laughs> Leave him alone. That would be weird. Not Old man. Maybe you want to patrol it, though, today, just to see. <laughs> do just not do in that. Case. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. I want to say thanks for everybody who has helped with St. Jude. I mean, you guys are changing lives. You guys are saving lives. St. Jude has been leading the way to the world's best survival rates for some of the most aggressive forms of cancer. And I'm talking about childhood cancer. Your support actually means that families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment or travel or housing or food. So the parents can focus on being a parent and helping their kid live. You know, I never had cancer, but I was in the hospital as a kid for a long time. And I just remember how difficult it was, how scary it was. And then I remember getting out and having to figure out how to pay the bill. I'd have to pay it, but you know, somebody did. But St. Jude eliminates a lot of that. You can help St. Jude stop childhood cancer by becoming a partner in hope. You'll get an awesome new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. Join the doctors, the researchers. Hey, join me in this fight and visit musicgives.org. That's musicgives.org. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. How do the biggest names in outlaw country start a musical revolution? Through one woman's vision from one tiny living room. Don't miss Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in the new scripted Audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the Birth of Outlaw Country Music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. Brewer shaped the sound and soul of country music as we know it today, despite never picking up an instrument herself. Lovingly dubbed as The Boar's Nest, Sue's place was an intimate staging ground where a new breed of singer-songwriters, wounded souls, wayward upstarts, that's where they would spur each other and tap into something bigger and something realer. Starring Mandy Moore and featuring Eben Moss Backrack as Shel Silverstein and T.J. Osborne as Johnny Cash alongside a full ensemble cast. Audible invites you to enter the boar's nest and experience the rise of a musical revolution. One woman, one time, one place. The boar's nest. Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Listen now at audible.com slash the boar's nest. When it comes to making cool graphics, I'm not very good at it. But every once in a while, if you see me do something, and I'm like, I made this. And you're like, I bet he hired someone. Nope. The truth is, I, I use Canva. Because you can take a dumb dumb like me that doesn't know a lot about graphic design. And because of the templates already built in, you can do things that look super cool. You can do like Mike D, who does know a bit about it. And it looks even cooler. Like, what do you use yours for? You can do it to make a pitch deck. And it looks like it took like a million hours to make. Then like five minutes. And that's because a lot of the templates are already there. You can just build into it. Yeah, it's so quick. So supercharge your work docs with MagicWrite, which is Canva's AI text generator as well. Just start with a prompt. Describe what you want to say in a few words. MagicWrite will generate a draft in seconds. Tweak your draft. And then you're done. And tweaking it means just go ahead and read it. Make sure it's like in your words. Or in my case, make sure you misspell something, right? Yeah. So tweak it. It's a serious time saver. It's a perfect way to beat the blank page. Magic Ride is powered by OpenAI. It's built into the Canva doc, so you get AI text generation right where you need it, where you write. No more copying and pasting from other programs. And again, it doesn't matter what you're doing. Canva will make you look like the smartest, greatest graphic designer of all time. So it's a perfect time saver. It's perfect if you're doing a presentation. Canva presentations might be the most visually impressive presentations you'll ever use. Start with using a stunning template. Use it as a springboard for your design. Start designing today at canva.com. Designed for work. Tomorrow, actress Anna Kendrick is on the show. And then Monday, Hardy will be performing here on the show. Let's nice. go. Got a couple good days. I tried to get them to come in together, but they didn't know each other. <laughs> so it didn't work. <laughs> they were like, who is that? Anna Kendrick tomorrow, Hardy Friday. A voicemail now from Kim in Virginia. Hi, Bobby Bone Show. I have a morning corny for Amy. Um, and my favorite joke ever, what do you call a sleepwalking nun? A Roman Catholic. Uh, Laffy Taffy joke there. 
Man, Laffy Taffy's. <laughs> yeah. You talk about a trip Solid. down memory lane. Mm-hmm. I used to buy those things. I didn't really care about the jokes as much. I loved a Laffy Taffy. Yeah, they're good. Because they lasted a long time. Yeah, and, and well, yeah. I love Taffy. I don't know. I love, I love like, you go in there like, homemade Taffy. <laughs> I don't know what home it came from. It's always good. Because you feel like a grandma made it. Like Somebody salt like, water yeah, taffy oh, man. I don't even like salt water, but I like salt water yeah, taffy. Yeah. <laughs> Here's Amy's pile of stories. Bobby, have you seen online, especially on TikTok, when people slice up a potato, put it in the bottom of their sock, put their sock on and go to sleep? Yeah. And I think Morgan did this too. Was yeah, that a potato did. you did? No, it was onions. Okay, so I think people are just Ugh. grabbing random vegetables <laughs> to make TikToks. <laughs> and apparently it either sucks stuff out of your foot or Toxins. makes... Okay, this... It. There is no way this works. (laughs) Well, people are swearing that they've tried all these other things, but a remedy for their illness, like flu or whatever, was the potato in the socks. Lunchbox, when your hangy-bangy was hurting in the back of your throat, what fruit did you put in your body? Uh, Nothing. I put a steroid shot and some antibiotic. Or what vegetable or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, I, I did not do any of this potato, onions, or tomatoes in my sock. I do think Lunchbox has launched, well, Lunchbox and Eddie together because they brought this to me for different reasons. The Hangy Bangy is kind of now the official name of that thing in your throat. Lunchbox has called it that his whole life. And Eddie told me the night before we talked about it, Lunchbox keeps calling this thing Hangy Bangy. We got to talk about it on the show. <laughs> and Eddie was so mad about yeah. it. He is so no, angry. No, but you were so mad. You were angry at him because you thought he was stupid for questioning Correct. that its medical real term was Hangy Bangy. You were both mad at each other. That's and all. now we're all calling it's it. It's the hangy bangy. It is. It is the hangy bangy. It is the hangy bangy for <laughs> sure. Uh, but I don't believe the potato, potato in the sock thing works. Which you would be correct because experts are having to come out of the woodworks to be like, hey, it's discoloring because you've sliced it and then it's exposed to air and then your body heat and it causes enzymatic browning. There was somebody who used to not they come to the door. I mean, it's probably when I was right before I left Austin. They, when I used to answer the door. <laughs> and when. not worry about getting murdered. <laughs> and so, yeah, hello. Hey, uh, I got a special state-of-the-art vacuum cleaner I'd like to show you. I know, single. And I was very clean at the time. A little less now OCD about cleanliness because the dogs, I have two dogs now. And I was like, this one's different? He goes, oh, absolutely. It's water-powered. It's state-of-the-art. Come on in. Invited him into my house like an idiot. He, oh, It's like got a big tub, like a bucket tub. And there's a hose that comes out. And he's like... Okay, check this water up. Pours the water in from the sink. It's clear, clean. Puts it in. He goes, watch this. Pulls the water out. Water's dirty. And he's like, look how much dirt <laughs> that I was able to get from your house. He goes, do you, it's a pretty clean house. Do you generally feel like it's clean here? Absolutely, I do. Well, not so much, my sir. And I'm like, wow, so I bought the dang thing. I never got the water that dirty again. I don't know how I was had, oh, but it weird. feels like that potato. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I would go, huh? One of my friends, I don't remember who it was. One of my friends came over and was like, watch how dirty this is. I said, it looks clean here, doesn't it? Yeah. Watch. <laughs> now look at the water pulled up. It's still clean. You can drink I it. I couldn't do the magic trick. It's terrible. I got suckered. I don't even know how that happened. Mm-hmm. But the potato, same thing. There's something, it's not the toxins. It's obviously the air. And if you leave a potato out, even not on your foot, it gets dirty looking. Yes. Yes. Okay, go ahead. All right. So, Bobby, let's say you're quitting a job. Do you give two weeks notice? What What notice do you prefer? Um... Yes, you're supposed to. Here's my problem. I've always had a problem with two weeks notice because if you're leaving because of something that, that you feel is toxic, you should just be able to leave, right? And maybe this it affects any sort of severance or not. Some jobs have it, some don't. But why, if I'm not in a place that's good for me, do I have to give them notice? Why don't they give me notice? Sometimes they're going to fire me in two weeks. Oh, that's a good one. I'm just saying it's not all equal. So I've always had a problem with a generic two weeks notice. Now, if you enjoyed it and you need the recommendation... Or maybe not even enjoyed it. If you feel like, I really need this person to not say I sucked in my next job, there's a reason to hang around if they need the help. Now, if I were firing somebody, let's say today I was going to pull you in my office and fire you. It would never happen in a million years. A plus, you're the best. I would go, hey, we're going to have to let you go, but today's your last day, even though we're going to pay you out. Because I don't want you, who knows what you're up to? Especially you, you know? What? Shady. What does that mean? I don't know, but I just wouldn't want somebody here for two weeks either. Right. Well, listen, when I quit my job, like, I don't know, 16, 17 years ago to join this show, I went in and sat down, handed an official resignation letter. I worked for two more weeks. And, and that's then great because you to- had a wonderful relationship with them. 
and you felt like, you know what, I respect them. It's been a great job. I'll give them two weeks to find somebody else. But if it sucks, no yeah. way, I'm out. Well, I bring that up because that's what's trending is the no two weeks notice based on that thinking of like, hey, when you get fired, you're kind of out. So. Yeah, give me two weeks. You're going to fire me. Let me know. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, Eddie. Two weeks, I'm going to call him off if I can get fired. <laughs> two weeks. Here's your two weeks notice. That would be terrible. It would be terrible. <laughs> I know. But you have two weeks to go try to find a job. Right. It isn't fair. It's almost like when uh, college athletes couldn't leave, but a coach could. A coach could just go take another yeah. job, but college athletes couldn't leave at all. Mm. And you're like, wait, that ain't. They can't? I didn't know And that. it was only because of old standards that were created a long time ago. Ugh, all right. Stuff San- tough standards. Time I know. Ago. Yeah. I what know. else? Uh, someone ranked the 25 best country debut singles of all time. So that means an artist. This is the first song they've ever put out into Ooh. the world, and boom, smash hit. That's good. So I don't know the top of the list, but is my church from Marin Morris on there? I, I am only looking at the top 10, and it's not in there. Wow. That song was not a number one for her, but man. So good. It was like a jam. Uh, not a cannonball. Boom. What's that one called? Uh, uh, wrecking, uh, wrecking, wrecking Ball. Ball. That was a wrecking ball for her. Mm-hmm. And uh, everybody, it was like, here she is. Boom. It was awesome. All right, five, go. Achy Breaky Heart. Billy Ray Cyrus. I guess I was too young. I do remember the song. I remember being on pop radio. I remember walking into Parthena's general store because we used food stamps there to buy uh, hamburgers. And they had a Achy Breaky Heart sweater. And I remember trying to buy it with food stamps, and she wouldn't let me. Oh. I was like, come on, I'll give you like five bucks extra in food stamps. <laughs> and she would not let me buy an achy, breaky heart, like sweater hoodie. All right, what else? Brooks and Dunn, brand new man. That's their first song? Wow. I had was- no idea what their first song was. I'm surprised that their first song was a big old smash. Yeah, that's Back a in the ball. day, they, some, they were kind of warmly brought in and not just, wow, here they are. All right, what else? Cruise, Florida Georgia Line. Massive. Yeah. That song was massive before they even signed a record deal. It so came out of nowhere that they were able to have a hit and then negotiate a record deal with a hit. Well, that's legit. Which gave them a lot of leverage and money. I remember hearing it because I heard Taylor Swift say something about it. And so then that's when I checked it out. I was like, oh, this is so good. Which, speaking of Taylor, she's at number two with Tim McGraw. When you think Tim McGraw, really good. What's number one? Is it old or new? Old. Like what? Can you give me a decade? 2000s. Oh, that's not oh, old. That's not I was old. thinking Johnny Cash. Oh, sorry, old. 2001. None of these are, all of these are in the 90s. Oh, I didn't know. 90s, um, 2000s. Chicken fried. That. Oh, man, that's a good, Come on. that's a great answer. That's their first song. Mm-hmm. Okay, number one. Uh, chicken fried's at nine, by the way. Okay. And then Mary Morris was at 11. Okay. Uh, number one. Let me think, guy or girl? Guy. From the 90s. Mm-hmm. Give me an, um, give me another hint. Hair. Oh, Ooh. Austin. Yeah, Blake oh, Shelton. Good. Shelton. Dang, Watchbox. Great job. That's it. Just hair. You got it. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say mullet, but that would have given Great job. Oh. Or I was going to say. I mean, out of nowhere. Uh, hometown. Holy crap. I can't believe he got that with <laughs> wow. his hair. Yeah, Austin was good. Austin was great. Austin was really good, but then it became great as Blake got bigger. And it's so clever. Man, some beach was good, too. Yeah, that's good. I like Honey Bee, though, too. That's a good one. That was Amy's pile of stories. It's time for the good news. With Bobby. Tell me something good. Glen Lake Elementary School, it's a small school in Minnetonka, Minnesota. It's about 500 kids there, and there are eight kids that have a wheelchair, and they have a playground that they thought was accessible and inclusive. There was a ramp, and the ramp doesn't quite work anymore, but... These kids in one specific classroom, teacher Betsy Julian's fifth grade class, they're like, this playground isn't easy for everybody to play. If you can walk, if you can run, if you're in a wheelchair, we want the swings and the merry-go-round. We want the ramp to work. So they started raising 300,000 bucks. That was the goal. Well, somebody jumped in and goes, here's 200,000 bucks as an anonymous donation. Wow. Whoa. Anonymous as could be. So we know for a fact that wasn't Lunchbox because he would never do anything (laughs) anonymously. Yes. So, but... They're still raising $100,000. That's their goal. And so they've set up a GoFundMe, Glen Lake PTO. So you can go search that out if you want to be a part of this. But Glen Lake PTO, as they, these kids, these fifth graders, try to raise 100000 bucks to build this playground for everybody in school so that everybody can play, which is, I, I think, fantastic. And if they're kids and they're doing it, that's amazing. That is what it's all about. That was Tell Me Something Good.
This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them every day can make all the difference in the world. That's why everybody should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's better, H-E-L-P.com. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com.